Father, I just ask you this morning to put me on like a coat and wear me. Jesus. Say exactly what you want said. Nothing more, nothing less, and nothing else. And God, I just believe that today we can walk out of these doors different than we came in. We don't have to leave the same way we came in. But we can be changed and transformed by the Word and by your Spirit. In Jesus' name. And if you agree, say amen. And thank you. Thank you. You may be seated for just a moment. But don't unplug. Psalms 84 says, Blessed is the man who dwells in the house. Blessed are those who dwell in your house and continue praising you. It's in verse 4. Blessed are those that dwell in the house. Do you know there's a blessing that comes when you dwell in the house? There's a blessing by dwelling, not just visiting the house of God, but dwelling in the house of God. Like Chris said, there's a lot more to church than Sunday morning. So you dwell in the house Monday through Sunday, or Sunday through Saturday, or however you count your week. But then he goes on and says, blessed is a man whose heart is set on pilgrimage. I'm blessed if I dwell in the house, don't leave the house, but I'm blessed if my heart is set on pilgrimage. Which one is it? Yes. Because we're blessed by dwelling in the house, but then journeying together. See, we're still in the house, but we're on a journey together. Come on, yeah, come, come join us, come on. If the room was bigger, we'd just take you all with us. But it's not, and it's crowded, so we can't do that. But you get the idea. There's a blessing with your heart dwelling in the house of God, dwelling with the people of God, dwelling with the family of God, but journeying together to where it says Zion. See, that pilgrimage or that journey was the journey to Zion. Everybody say Zion. The city of God. Isaiah chapter 2 says, They will go up the mountain and many will come and say, Let us go up the mountain of God and we'll all appear to God in Zion. So as we dwell in the house and we journey together, there's a day we'll appear before God in Zion. But our Zion is not just heaven that is a part of Zion, but there are, there are journeys in life and, and seasons where we're going to destinations that God called us to. Are you with me? So the call of God is always upward. It's always higher. And I just sense God's calling this house up higher. He's calling us to a higher dimension. To a greater place than we've ever been. How long, how old is this church? Does anybody know? <laughs> 94 years. Wow. 
like half the age of my nation. We just bought a building. We were, we were a mobile church for eight years. Set up and tore down 415 times, but who's counting? We miraculously, well, we, for years, disappointment, 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 disappointment. Tried to get a building, didn't work out. Tried to buy another, didn't work out. Put a deposit on another, didn't work out. They said this would work, and it didn't work. Last year, we bought a building. I was driving up a road I'd never been down before, and I saw a little sign, land for sale by owner. And I said, I'm just dumb enough to try this. Handwritten sign. Why not? So I called the guy. It's an old gentleman in his 80s. He said, preacher, very Texan, preacher, you don't want my land. It's too expensive. And this city hates churches. You'll never be able to build on that land. They'll never give you planning permission. I said, well, thank you for encouraging me, brother. Appreciate the encouragement. He said, but my church is in a little bit of a dilemma. Would you want to rent a building? I said, no, God told us this year we're going to buy. I had stood up on Sunday, first Sunday in January, and said, we're buying a building, or we're going to buy land and build. We're rising and building in the next five years. I don't care if we have to put up a tent on the side of the road. We're buying something, because God said, now's the time. Come on, when God says now, He means now. And so, it, I said, tell me about the building. Five acres, three buildings, 30,000 square feet, 37-foot cathedral ceiling, 500-seat auditorium. Uh, he just went, I said, you have me at five acres. I said, uh, I, I want to buy it. He said, well, we're down to 23 people. We can't even pay for the building. We don't even meet in the main hall. We meet over in the fellowship hall uh, because we're down to just a handful of people. He said, but I don't know if we want to sell it or not. Long story short, 10 weeks later, we bought that building. Come on. We raised $300,000 in 10 weeks. We had been saving for eight years, and all we could come up with was $50,000 because we were paying $10,000 a month rent on a bill on a, for four hours a week. 120 grand a year. It's hard to save money when you're a church plant doing that that's reaching the poor. We didn't have any millionaires in our church. We didn't have any big hitters yet. They're coming. If they don't come, I'm going to raise them up. And so we had, we had single people that gave. My daughter sowed a huge seed, 22 years old. And within six weeks, she got a miracle to buy her own home. And the, 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 the program she got in gave her money back at closing. So what would have cost her $5,000 to get in a house, they gave her $800 for buying the house. She had, she had told me, I'm going to give this amount of money to the building. I said, that's not enough. Go pray again. She said, Dad, I know what you want me to give, and I'm not going to give it. And I said, I don't, listen, I, it's not about what I want you to give. Just pray and ask God. And she came back, and, and she said, I got another figure, but it's still not the one you're thinking. I said, how do you know? I didn't tell you. She said, I know how you think. I said, well, just pray about it. She went and prayed again, and she came back, and then it was my figure. She gave that, though, and God gave her five times what she gave in six weeks. 
We had a young couple, that, 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 that young family, he'd gotten saved in our church. He was an atheist, probably more agnostic. He said atheist, but he was probably more agnostic agnostic and and he had come to the church for a couple years finally got born again after coming for two years and and his life had been changed they had been saving to get in a house and they had five thousand dollars because he had gotten from a government grant that he was going to use to then buy a house and 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 he made his whole family income was twenty thousand a year combined that's below the poverty level in the u.s and he gave that whole five thousand dollars Within two months, he had the he got a deal that he that he it was supposed to have cost him five thousand to get in a house. He got in a house and he got three hundred dollars back. And the owner, not a Christian, but said, "I really like you." Gave him furniture, gave him gave him low like thousand dollars worth of furniture. Gave him a lo- a riding lawnmower. That's not a big deal here because you couldn't eat, it, you know here you just ride it like this. Your garden's done. But he had a huge back garden, so he needed a riding lawn. Gave him a riding lawnmower. Gave him tools, thousands of dollars worth of stuff in a moment. Come on, are you here? But our heart gets set on the journey. And I just sensed that this, uh, where I was going with all that is when we bought this building, the deed to it, handwritten to the land, said, I'm giving this to the glory of God. And it must be used for a church or or when it's not, all buildings tore down and given back to my family. 99 years before, 1916, December 26th, Boxing Day. January 1917, they had their first service. So this month is 100 years on our property. That's not a big deal to y'all, but it is to us. I said y'all, yes, that's Texan. You said I could be at home, so I'm not going to be bilingual today. I'm going to say process, not process. I'm going to say diapers, not nappies. I'm going to say schedule, not schedule. Because you said I could be at home. But, but now watch this. So we've started this year as a bridge, because this is our 10-year anniversary, and we're called the bridge. From a hundred years of history to a hundred years of destiny. And we believe there's something significant. And I believe this church has been on a journey for 94 years. But God says it's time to go up higher. It's time to go to another level. It's time to go to a higher place than you've ever been before. 94 years is wonderful. But we've got to discern the moment when God says, step up higher. See, this journey, this pilgrimage is like going up a mountain and you go round and round. You feel like you're not going anywhere. But as you go up, you're actually ascending. You just don't realize it. It's like gears in a, gears in a car. I started to do this. Sorry, it's this side here. In America, your gears are this side. Here, they're this side. First gear, you can only go so far. Then you got to shift. Everybody say shift. Second gear, you can go so far. Then you got to. Third gear, you can go so far. Then you got to. 
Then fourth gear, you got to go, you can go so far than you. But when you hit fifth gear, if it's a five speed, you can max out the potential of that vehicle. And I hear God saying, this house is in a season of shift. You're shifting. You're shifting to a building. You're shifting locations. You're shifting atmospheres. But this time, you shifted for 94 years or you wouldn't be here. And you're stronger than you've ever been. But God says this shift, the lid is coming off. This shift is the time you're going to get maximum performance. And you can go. There's not a limit at 40 or 50 miles an hour. Take that Ferrari to 120, baby. Because you're going to a whole nother level. Somebody say shift. The next 90 days, God's going to give you discernment on what to shift. There's going to be some shifting of people. There's going to be some shifting. There was a coming out. You came out of Egypt, but now it's time to come in. When, when Joshua, when God got ready for Joshua to, to move into the promised land, he told him in Joshua chapter 1, Moses is dead. Why did he tell him that? Joshua was his assistant. I think he would have noticed or he's not a very good assistant. If I die, I hope Cody notices. Because God was saying, I want to clarify, don't romance over dead things. It's time to move into the promised land. And to move into the promised land, you've got to let go of the past, good and bad. Moses wasn't bad. He just wasn't now. A lot of Christians are having necromancy. They're romancing over dead things. They were alive once. They were wonderful. Moses was great. He brought them out. He was a deliverer. Moses' rod did miracles. But there came a day where that rod couldn't strike the rock anymore and get anything out of it because it's a new season. Now you got to speak to it, not just strike it. And God is saying the efforts of the past are over. It was wonderful, but it's a new day. And how I'm going to lead you into a new land, you've got to speak to some things. you got to learn. In, in the promised land, they shouted at walls and they came down so listen we think of Moses as an old guy's got to die no the Moses in me has to die so Joshua can rise up and God can do a new thing many times through the forest your legs are tired the altitude has you barely breathing and you come up to the summit but when you get to the summit you go over the top and that's my prophetic word 
for Revive Church. In 2017, I'm going to take you over the top. You, you stepped in, and then you began to step up, and you began to climb. But God says, now it's time to go over the top. Now, I know, I know, I know, I know, we don't like to go O-T-T. That's a bit O-T-T, don't you think? It's a bit over the top. And I know in England that has a negative connotation, but just last night someone told me the origins of it, and my wife sent me a blog not knowing the, the exact same thing. The origins of that phrase are from World War I, where the men would be in the trenches fighting, and the general would look at them and say, we're going over the top. And when you went over the top, you knew you would probably die. You knew it was probably the end. There were, there were men that would, would sweat blood like Jesus in Gethsemane. Literally, British soldiers, they would sweat blood because of the fear of going over the top. And now, in the 80s, it became dubbed OTT, and, and it had a negative connotation. Like It's absolutely outrageous. It's too much. You don't want to do it. And actually, there's a fear in this culture to go over the top. It goes back to World War I. There's like an inbred fear of don't don't be too expressive, don't 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 do too much, don't 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 be too extravagant, just be a little bit more reserved. And I understand and I appreciate and I love and I honor this culture because I lived here for two years and this is one of my favorite places in the world. But I don't care what culture you live in, there's a kingdom culture that's greater. And I've come to tell you that our God is an over-the-top God. And from a Christian perspective, we're in, the, we're in the foxhole, we're in the trenches. But we don't have to be afraid of going over the top and dying. Because Galatians 2.20 says, I was crucified with Christ. I already died. So I died of my reputation. I died of what people think about me. I died of what, what everybody's opinion is about me. I died to everybody's thoughts about me. And I'm just going to go over the top. There's a move of minimalism in America. Minimal effort, maximum return. But most people are just given the minimal effort. They're forgetting the maximum return. And I understand there's some truth to it. But, but the cross was not minimalistic. Jesus didn't say, well, could I have two stripes on my back? 39's a bit OTT. Could I drop three sheds of blood, three drops of blood? No, he spilled it all. Grace is over the top. Salvation is over the top. God's love for dirty, rotten me is over the top. And why would I want to be under the bottom when my God, whom I made in his image, is over the top? She got up, I said. I believe it's time to go over the top. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, I'm going over the top. 
Come on, turn to your, turn your other name and say, I'm going over the top. I think it's time for some over-the-top praise. This church knows how to go for it in praise, but, you know, sometimes it's just so hilarious. People, spirit break out. Break our walls down. Our God is an awesome God. Or we bring the sacrifice of praise. Listen. I believe David's dance wasn't a patty cake. It was OTT. He danced himself down to his pants. It was a pants dance. And I know what pants are, yes. Michael looked at him and said, David, that's a bit OTT for a king, don't you think? And he said, woman, I'll go more over the top than this. I'll be more undignified than this because my God has done great things and he's worthy to be praised. He's worthy of me dancing. I'll be lifting my hands. Somebody take about 10 seconds and go over the top praising God, come on, just take about 10 seconds. Go completely over the top. Oh! All right, all right, all right, all right. Now you can sit back down, sit back down. I'm not quite finished yet. You're doing good, though. This uh, we're, 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 we're going up the mountain. We're about to go over the top. How about over-the-top serving? For some people, over-the-top serving would be getting on the rota. Like, once. For others, it would be getting on the rota once a month. Or twice a month. That is over-the-top. For some of you, it might be every week. We had somebody say, uh, well, I can't, I can't greet and be a prayer on the prayer team. That's just too much in one day. Number one, one is before the service, one's at the end of the service. I think you can, and you get praise and worship and the word in the middle. That's not over the top. But maybe it was for them. So they should do it. Oh, how about over the top generosity? Okay, thank three of you. Huh? Huh? God will get money to you if he can get it through you. Let me try that again. God will get money to you if he can get money through you. Just before Stephen came with me, he, uh, 
He was at a leadership retreat, about 50 leaders, from the third fastest growing church in America. They're two and a half years old. Two and a half years old. They're going for a building. So on Christmas Eve, God tells them to receive an offering for the building. That's dumb. In the natural, that's dumb. Nobody's got any money. They spent it all on Christmas. Christmas Eve. Now, just to give you insight, church two and a half, there are 50 leaders that went on this retreat. All but five of them are under 31 years old. So this is a church full of millennials, young families, small children, new careers. In a place called Chattanooga, Tennessee. See, I've never heard of it. Yeah, nobody has. On Christmas Eve, they're offering cash, not pledges, not faith promises, cash, $1.2 million. That's over-the-top generosity. Come on, are you here? You say, well, that's in America. It's America. This is England. And we don't talk about money. It's not nice. Well, but there is a kingdom thing. And actually, God, there's about 2,000 scriptures on money and about 500 on faith and about 500 on love. So God talked four times more about money than he did faith and love. Why? Because it's most important? No, it's least important. But if I can't get that right, I can't get anything right. It's the, it's the least important thing. But that's why he talks about it. <laughs> it's least important to God. It's most important to us. So he needs to make it least important to us so that we can get to the most important things to God. Now, now watch. When you go over the top, your ceiling becomes your floor. If I'm on top of the building. What was my ceiling now becomes my floor. What if what was the ceiling of my finances became the floor of my finances? What if the... What, are you here what if what if the most I would ever give before was the least I give now what if I added knots to the end of my offerings not the front end the back end some people say I'll add all the knots you want on the left side I don't know on the other side I'm, I'm, I'm about to just move and shift here but 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 I just sense you're about to go for this building. And I think God sent me from Texas today to say, get ready to go over the top in your offering. God sent a crazy prophet to say, go over the top in your building offering. Listen, I leave town in a few minutes, so, you know, I'm going to hit you and run and hope you don't shoot back. You can't shoot back. You don't have any guns. Sorry, that was very, it's bad. It's a bad joke. It's a bad joke. I get it on the other end because I'm from Texas all the time. But what if God 
What if God took this congregation over the top to get in this new building? See, our church. All young families at the time when moving in the building, all a lot of poor people, a lot of new Christians. Before the building came, we had a prophet come, a guy come, prophetic voice come to our house, and he said, You're locusts. That'll bless you. You're locusts. This church is made up of a bunch of locusts. He said, no, 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 listen. Locusts can't fly very far on their own. But when the wind blows, they jump and flap their little wings. And the wind takes them farther than they could ever go in their own effort. He said, You're a, God's going to give you a suddenly when a building comes. And you better be ready to flap your wings. You better sense the wind of the Spirit and jump. And I've come to say to Revive Church that you are a bunch of locusts. And there's a moment coming. And the wind is about to blow. It's been coming for a while. And all you got to do is just flap your little wings and get in the wind. And the wind of the Spirit is going to blow you over the top. Somebody just stand up. And begin to cry out to God with me. We're going over the top. We're going to break out on the right hand. We're going to break out on the left hand. We're going to, there's no limits. No limits. No limits. No limits. No limits. God is taking the boundaries off. He's taking, we're breaking. 